Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds, it's a podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fish Nerds, a show about fish, fishing, and eating fish. A show that's always interesting, usually funny, and mostly true. I'm Clay Groves, Chief Executive Fish Nerd, Licensed Fishing Guide, your best friends. Trying to sneak out one more podcast for August for your ears. I hope you value it and appreciate it. I value and appreciate you as a listener. Thank you so much. Today on the podcast, I'm going to keep it simple, keep it sweet, keep it short. We've got Andrew Lewin from Speak Up for the Ocean Blue here bringing us our news today. And then the crappy hippie himself brings us a true crime fishing story from the Trinity River in Silo. Can't wait to hear what happens with murder on the river. But let's jump right in with the news with Andrew Lewin. News, news, fish in the news. Everybody loves their fish in the news. It's time for Fish in the News, and we're joined by Andrew Lewin, an old friend of this show and host of the Speak Up for the Ocean Blue podcast. And he's Canadian, and he's our friend. Hey, Andrew. <laughs> I love that introduction. He's Canadian, and he's our friend. That's Yay! right. I am our friend. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. It's good to be back. I'm very happy to be here. Psych. It might have been a couple of years since you've I think been on so. the show. It's been too long. Too Way long. Way too long. But I'm happy oh, to see you. You look beautiful as always. Well, thank the you. Long blonde hair, giant <laughs> goatee is remarkable. <laughs> oh, God. I haven't had long blonde hair since I was a kid. All right. But you still look beautiful. So you brought some news. I did. I did. I brought uh, two pieces of news. Um, one is fisheries related. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, international fisheries related. Oh, good because I don't uh, like I don't like domestic fisheries. How dare you? Yeah, yeah how dare we talk about domestic? Yeah, fisheries. America. <laughs> <laughs> this is about China, though, so that's going to be an interesting Perfect. one. Perfect. Uh, and then the second one that I have is actually kind of a new way to sample if sharks have been present in the water. I'm not sure if we've talked about eDNA uh, before. No, on we'll this show, ED that's a erectile dysfunction. <laughs> yeah, eDNA. Oh, <laughs> no, not just ED. Yeah, yeah, oh, I yeah. I thought it was yeah. like ED, not applicable. No, yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, here's well, let's, the, let's jump right in. All right, let's jump right in. So the first one, these both these stories, by the way, are from Manga Bay News, which I love their website. Yeah, uh, Eric, Eric Hoffner, I think he's been on the show, right? He's been on the show a lot. He emails me every week almost recommending love stories it. and people I should have on. And I fail to follow through and get them on, but I do love him. He actually has an art exhibition happening in Vermont. Starting in October, he takes photos of, <laughs> excuse me, the COVID's got me. <coughs> he takes photos of frozen ice holes and oh. wraps them in frames and they're beautiful. That's awesome. And uh, he's got an exhibition, exhibition coming up in, um, in, um, in, in Vermont coming up. I'll put links up at fishners.com. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm going to cool. link that to our yeah, show beautiful. as well. Well, I'll be honest, this is where I get a lot of my news, at least like like two or three times a month. I talk about it on my show. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, and, Rick Talbot, who we had on last week, yeah. do, doing a shark story, writes for Manga Bay also. So. Yes. Yes. Well, that's that's where I that's the, the level of, of journalism that they have. Is they have like guys like Rhett Talbot on there. And, and yeah. so this is great. So anyway, the, the, the story for this but one. Just for the record, by the way, I, I yeah. made Rhett Talbot talk about serious science and duck poop. So <laughs> we can have it, it all here at Fish Nerds. <laughs> Actually, Red Talbot is how you and I got introduced. Is that how it happened? 
that's how it happened. You got, you talked when you had your co-host on, you guys talked about uh, a story that came out when Finding Nemo first came out and it was about clownfish. We called it Finding Nemo Disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great. And Rhett was on the podcast, I yep. believe. And uh, so I did a podcast about, about the story and it ended up being a, like, not a, like they're not looking at the real data. So Rhett kind of hit me up and I was like, well, come on the podcast. And he sent me your show to sort of get background stuff. And that's how you and I kind of got connected. He connected us and we've been friends ever since. So it's been now. Uh, so Rhett's like the man right now. He's, well, not he's even super, on the show he's super biased in favor of the fish nerds. He thinks that, you know, we we're the best thing ever. So well, you are the best thing ever. We're, we're I mean, the okayest. I, I that. We're the okayest <laughs> podcast out there about fish. <laughs> <laughs> World's okayest podcast. Hey, that's, that's a good podcast in my, in my I'm opinion. In. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I'm, I, I listen. So that's all right. All right. Um, Okay, so this one is, it's, like I said, it's international fisheries. So the one thing that we talk about with fisheries, especially like on the high seas, so anywhere outside the exclusive economic zone of any country, which is 200 nautical miles, uh, we talk about the high seas. And the high seas are being pillaged because there's really no authority. The UN tries to, to have authority, but we all know that the United Nations doesn't really have much enforcement. And so we've seen things like you know, uh, with whale wars and stuff like that. We've seen whale hunts that go crazy and, and take out a bunch of whales on a, on a yearly basis. And that's been a tough time. And other people have had to come in to kind of get in, a, in that way. And, but we've also seen like a lot of illegal fisheries happen yeah. and there's well, really nothing we can do. Yeah, for sure. We lost some Patreon supporters because they accused the fish nerds of promoting hatred towards the Japanese culture. Wow. Because I, because I said in the show once, I don't care where you're from, stop killing the freaking whales. <laughs> I don't care if you're Japanese or Native yeah. American, fucking stop it. Yeah. I don't care about your culture. Culture is a stupid reason to keep doing shit. And yeah. I, had, I had people leave the show and stop listening because that they took as promoting hatred towards a culture. Well, it's every culture. It's everybody around the world. It's really yeah. human beings. There so, should be no human being that, that gets a whale quick, that's not using the whale. Yeah, quick PSA. Stop killing the fucking whales. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> love Thank it. You. Thank you. Yeah. Love it. I love it. Uh, but it's true. I mean, and, and illegal fisheries happen on the high seas a lot. Right. Um, and it's, it's hard to enforce. And, and it goes as far as like, it's not even just about the illegal fisheries. You've got uh, fishery slaves that are involved in all of this, uh, where they take people from small islands, they bring them on the boats, and they never let them leave. If they get sick, they throw them overboard. There's really no enforcement. Um, and organized crime is involved in all this kind of stuff. And a lot of the times when we talk about illegal fisheries, we talk about Chinese vessels. Mm. Chinese vessels are sent across the world to try and get a number of of different st- types of fish because the Chinese culture loves their seafood. There's, there's no That's doubt true. about that. They love their seafood and they use every part of the fish. And they uh, use they all kinds eyes, of fish. Yeah. All kinds of fish because they fish all over the world. They actually have um, a distant water fishing fleet that's made up of, of 2,900 vessels. Uh, it's, it's grown a thousand vessels since 2003. So it's, so it's gotten bigger and bigger. There was a recent story out actually that there was a number, there was about 200 and some odd vessels from China flying the Chinese flag uh, that were on the cusp of a, a protected area in the Galapagos. And they were worried about that. Ecuador is worried about that because they're the ones who manage it. And they were worried that they were just going to take everything. So they were looking at satellite imagery and everything and trying to get rid of them, but they couldn't. Anyway, so this has been a big problem. And 
believe it or not, China actually has a uh, distant water fishing management regulations. Uh, and this is and the, right now is the first time in 17 years that they actually altered and updated this management regulation. And so uh, some of the things that have come out have been quite fascinating. Uh, so some of the things that include is harsher punishment for those caught breaking the rules, a clamp down on vessel monitoring, new port management procedures, stricter certification requirements, and clarification of penalties, responsibilities, and enforcement measures, um, including IUU fishing activity, which is illegal, unreported, and unregulated fishing activity, which happens, that's essentially the illegal stuff that happens along fishing. So now, if a, essentially what happens if a boat gets caught for illegal fishing by Chinese authorities, before they just used to have to pay a fine. The company would have to pay a fine. They'd turn around and they would right. just go back out. Well, that, well, a fine is a fee for service. So if you can, afford, if you can afford the fine, who cares? It, yeah. I move on. And oftentimes they made more money from selling the fish because it wouldn't get confiscated uh, than they would from paying the fine. So, right. so that was a- catch them every time. So the fines exactly. are limited. The cash is always there. Exactly. So now uh, if you get caught- the captain loses his license for five years. That's the different. that's huge. The uh, firm that is that is managing that boat, the managers will lose whatever license they have for three years. They cannot manage in the seafood industry for three years. So, and of course, there's going to be bigger fines, uh, and they're going to confiscate vessels. So that's a a pretty big thing. Right. Uh, and then you get so there's going to be punishment meted out to companies that are blacklisted by international IUU fishing transgressions. Mm-hmm. So now if, if you're on a blacklist, basically China is going to blacklist you too. So if you're a Chinese vessel on the blacklist, you, you don't want to go in there. So anything that has to do with those vessels, those blacklisted vessels, so that means insurance companies, creditors, and other fishing industry support businesses, such as processing plants and stuff like that, they will also be on China's blacklist. And they say, you don't want to get on China's blacklist because they'll never allow you uh, to come back. Wow. So there's just a, a crazy number You're of things. Gone forever. Gone, basically. You know, it's going to be very hard to get to get back in. They also have a new management measures for high seas squid fishery bans. Uh, so now they'll be banned. You cannot, if you're a Chinese vessel, you cannot uh, fish squid in the Southwest Atlantic from July to September and in the Eastern Pacific from September to November in an effort to, to get back the overfished stocks that have, that have already been going I didn't realize squid there. were in trouble. I did not either until I found this out. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, I think a lot of times if you look at high seas, you're looking at a lot of the, the commercial fishing is, is just really bad. And essentially what happens too, I should explain that you have a lot of times you'll have this one boat that's basically the holding facility on water. And then you have all these other fishing boats that go out. They all have their own quotas, but what they'll do is they'll go out, they'll come back and they'll offload to that, that basically that container ship. And then they'll go back out and, and grab more. Nobody's monitoring for those Chinese. Nobody's monitoring that, that quota. Now they're going to have Chinese fisheries observers on the actual ships. So now you, you will get, taking to task on that if you go over the, your quota. With that said, there are some problems with that. You know, there's safety precautions for, for fisheries observers. We've seen people die because of it. We've seen people threaten, not only in international waters, but in Canada and the U.S. There have been a lot of problems with fisheries observers. So it's not the end all and be all. But well, all these... I, I looked into getting a job as an observer back right. in the 20s. And it pays me too. really well. 
go out on a boat for weeks at a time. And then I was yep. reading about it, and the fishermen you're on the boat with hate you. Yes, because you're a government to them. They hate you. They treat you like garbage. It's yeah. a stressful job because yeah. you're the oversight. Yep. And so you are the enemy. You're the single person on a boat of eight or ten guys who could kill you. <laughs> yeah, basically throw you overboard. And that's really how that's has happened. Really? That happened to an American uh, in, uh, in South America. He was putting together a case for a lot of different ships about what they were doing and how egregious all their, their uh, penalty, like all, all their, their um, illegal activity was. And he disappeared. And they wow. just think that he got thrown overboard. Um, they got back to port. Like, where's Joe? I don't know. Yeah, Joe here. Yeah. The FBI went down to South Africa. There was a huge investigation for years and they, they found all this evidence that he had accrued on his laptop and stuff like that, that they never destroyed. I guess they never thought he had that. Um, but he, what he was saying was some of the boats that were coming back, you know, you're not allowed to fish shark a lot in international fisheries. And what they would do is they cut the sharks up so it looked like tuna. So they couldn't tell whether it was shark or tuna. It is the fisheries observers. So they would put down, we don't know if this is shark or tuna because we think it's a shark or something like that. So, there's a lot of problems with that. But with all of this stuff going on, you know, with the way China is right now, like the total illegal activity is valued up to about $23.5 billion. And I would say 90, 87% of that, of those vessels are usually attributed to China. Wow. So any kind of new regulations that happens, and even if China follows 50% of those or enforces 50% of those, we're going to see a decrease in illegal fishing. So there's good news in that. Um, but we have to be realistic about this thing. It's really hard to enforce anything for any country, you know, on the high seas. It's something that can be very, very difficult. There are a lot of commercial fisheries that are, that are at risk um, mm-hmm. and we need to do something. But China is pretty much the illegal fishery nation that they're known as that. And so now we're seeing them kind of come up. They want to be a part of this new bill. It's called the Port State Measures Agreement, PSMA. And so it was created in 2016 and they committed to joining it in 2017, but they have yet to follow through. Now they're thinking that this sort of update in their management practices is their bid, is their, their, them saying, hey, we want to come in on this because this is really important for us to, to have. And I think that includes like different trades and stuff like that. But well, well, um, more and more we're the, the one article in that, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, more and more we're seeing that China needs to get modern with the way they eat. Um, you, even the coronavirus, it, I mean, they didn't do it on purpose. Right. The wet, the wet market in China obviously is where it came from, from, I think it was penguins yeah. eating penguins, yep. which caused it. And that those viruses that could- Penguins eat, and bats, I believe, right? I think so. But I think penguins was where they zeroed it down to. Yeah. Um, I've been wrong before, but so, <laughs> <laughs> don't be afraid to correct me. But, <laughs> but I think we need to, you know, unfortunately with the world communication and we can now talk to each other it's okay to ditch your culture a little bit and say, yeah. okay, if our culture has been wrong for years and years and years, that's not a reason to keep doing stuff the way we do it. Absolutely. We don't need Absolutely. to like feel guilty about it. Just stop. Yep. Just change. Like, when I, I, and I think a lot of it deal. comes down, I think a lot of it comes down to educating the people. Mm-hmm. We, we did that with, or, or everybody around the world did that with shark finning. And we've seen a decrease in shark finning. Mm-hmm. It still happens, but we've seen a decrease because oh, the demand so has decreased. Delicious. 
<laughs> I've never had it. No, I've never had it either, but I heard it tastes like nothing. It's the broth that they, they, they make, which is usually chicken broth or whatever that might well, be. Well, in, invariably, if you, if you really dig in on all these like specialty fishes and stuff, it's all about one thing, and that's dudes getting boners. Yeah. Almost. It's all always, class. If you really bear, 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 dig down into it, it's all about yeah. like, is this going to make my wiener work again? You know, yeah, a lot like, of it's like a lot of it like seals and yeah. and and yeah, yeah. El, yeah. Um, and it, well, the the Toto Alba in um, the swim bladder for the Toto Alba in the Sea of Cortez. That's what it is. It's well, it's that works kinda, though. I'm from oh yeah, yeah, you. medicinal purposes. I'm like cure a everything. year old again. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean that the one thing that we did see was when they'd start a campaign in China about and the same thing with japan with whales when they started a campaign about that all these different organizations set up offices there they had you know the people from that country go into schools and stuff people started to to react to it and, and understood the ramifications that they were having well but that's the, the, the advantage to communicating with with those cultures too and is both those cultures are a very compliant culture so they mm-hmm. have a lot more trust True. in their government to say like an american for example so if their government right. says hey maybe a we're going to change our way we do things a little bit for the greater good. They're more on board <laughs> with the yeah. concept of the greater good. They don't go like F you America, AK 47, pop, 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 right. pop. They go, <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Greater good. I like okay. that. I like helping yeah. my neighbor. Yeah. I'm fine with yeah. That. yeah. They do. They do it more for their culture and to keep going on. They definitely right. have a good understanding about that. Yeah. So, so, so that can see why that would work. Yeah. So th- to be honest, that's, that's basically it. It's I'm, I'm encouraged by seeing this kind of stuff. I was, I was really happy when I read this article to see it happen. And like I said, it's not an end all be all, but I think it's something that, you know, we need to keep following and seeing how they do uh, and, and keep, I mean, it's hard to monitor international fisheries, but you can definitely see how many illegal fishing boats are out there and it's crazy um, to see. So hopefully these boats will actually be following protocols. It's going to take a while for all that to come in. It, it, it all these uh, new changes came in April 1st, 2020. So they're so all new. They're all fairly new. All, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. And I see a problem here. Oh, April 1st, 2020. <laughs> I think I think there's something bigger going on. I think the Illuminati has gotten together with <laughs> with the New World Order to make new regulations on fishing to cause us all to get microchipped COVID fishes installed in our bodies. You know, I think we need to make a YouTube video because that'll that'll up our status, our credibility if we I make think a YouTube so. video and talk about this stuff. I think so. Don't trust the data. Do your own research. I think that should be a new motto. <laughs> that should be a new segment. Don't trust the data. Do your own research. Do your own research. Because yeah. your Google skills can outdo any education. So, yeah. Google skills are research skills now. Same Z's. <laughs> so anyway, that was uh, the article for uh, for that one. I, I loved it. Uh, it was really well written. It was Elizabeth Fitt who wrote that. And um, yeah, it was good. It was good. Nice graphics. Everything was good. I think so. Uh, well, that's, that's fantastic. Here's with one more. We'll do two stories today just from you. That'll be oh, I love news. it. Yeah. I, thank you. I appreciate it. Because I was going to talk flat. about how fish poop exposes what eats the destructive crown of thorn starfish. And that's not nearly as interesting. Oh, well, that's kind of interesting. About. So maybe next week I'll bring that topic up. But You can never go wrong with fish poop, though. A, a, any story that starts with fish poop is a winner. But, I mean, that story is exactly how you expect 
Yeah. <laughs> they found out something was eating it and they examined the fish poop and they figured out which fishes were eating it. It was 36 species. I just like saying fish poop. That's all. That should be the title of this is we're not going to talk about fish poop, but we yeah. want to put it in the title. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I refuse to talk about fish poop again. Yeah. Until next yeah. week when I can't get or help myself. Yeah. <laughs> Where I'm going to talk about fish poop. <laughs> With the fish, it's either fish sex or fish poop. They're both as exciting. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, this, this next story is close to fish poop. Um, fish there's poop. probably DNA in fish poop, right? So, yeah. um, so essentially uh, researchers have, I guess, recently, probably in the last couple of decades, uh, have sort of embraced the, uh, the sort of the, the concept and reality of eDNA. Mm-hmm. Essentially in a body of water, um, fish and other organisms have, you know, they, they leave their DNA in the water column, whether it be from decomposed skin, whether it be from uh, like a, like a, any kind of waste, uh, a tooth or anything like that, anything that gets into the water column uh, will leave a, a mark and it's their, their DNA. And so researchers have actually used this as, and this one's about sharks, but, I want to talk more about the sort of the use of eDNA. Yeah. Researchers have been have been using this to detect what type and how many different fish are in a water body because it's very difficult when you do sampling um, and you're trying to find like say you're doing a fish community study. Uh, you go in and you sample on a particular day or set of days. In when you're in more temperate areas, it's during the summer, spring, summer, maybe if you can get into fall, uh, but you have a, a, a shorter time span. Uh, when you're in the tropics, it's pretty much all year round, but you're pretty much limited to what you sample that day at that particular time at that particular moment, right? And you try and get a rep. The whole point of doing fish community surveys is what's actually there. So let's get a representative sample of what fish species are there. So if it's, you know, you're looking at diversity or abundance or whatever that might be, you want to get that. Mm -hmm. So Researchers have used are starting to use eDNA yeah. to find out what. Have is you it? ever yeah. done any fish sampling? I've done lots of fish sampling yeah, in lakes it, and and uh, and uh, oceans. Yeah, I've done it in rivers. Okay, you have rivers as well. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. we we did electroshocking. We had to physically yes. touch each fish that was there, and I can see how you can miss about seventy five percent of what's, <laughs> what's yeah there. completely imprecise and oh yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about like a and dumb in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, if you think about electrofishing, essentially you're putting a, a, a conductor into the water, you're, you're lighting it up kind of, so to speak, and then the fish get temporarily paralyzed because you're only putting on for a little bit. And then you just, it's, it's the, the efficacy uh, or the efficiency of actually grabbing the fish is really up to who's netting the fish and how fast you can net as many fish as possible, right? Exactly. That's essentially so what it, it comes it, to. It's all done by like volunteers. Yeah. Some who are brand new and some who have been practicing. So, yeah. Well, it, it depends on the, it, it, it also depends on who you're doing it with. Like when we did it with government, you know, these were, these were people who do it every year. Uh, they get quite good at it, but still it's your, and it depends on the size of the fish too. Cause if you're doing lake electrofishing, like along the coastline, um, these are some pretty hefty fish. These yeah. aren't, these aren't, these are some, these not are some little big brook trout. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is like Atlantic salmon and yeah. bowfins and stuff like that. So, um, you know, so it can be, it can be, it's not, it's not precise, let's just right. say. Um, and it so something, but it's not perfect. It's something. Yeah. And sometimes you can do trawls, like midwater trawls, you can do bottom trawls, but that can be pretty destructive and all that kind of stuff. But what this does is essentially you can find out 
pretty much what's been in the water within the last maybe couple of weeks uh, in a, by taking a water sample. So imagine taking a two liter water sample of seawater or lake water. You run that through a number of analyses and you can extract the DNA or the eDNA of fish within the water column of what's been there. So people have used it in like New York Harbor to find out the, the, the species of fish. They've actually even found like human DNA in it because of the sewage that's coming down. So they're like, well, how did humans get in there kind of thing? Um, but they found, you know, they can tell the amount of diversity that's in there, which kind of gives you an indication of the stability of the system. You know, what I mean by that is when you talk about diversity, you talk about certain functional groups, so certain fish that are herbivores, omnivores, piscivores, and they're just eating different things, but they have their own roles. And if you have a lot of, of one of those roles, if you have like, say, five species of one of those roles, if one of those species disappear, the other four are still there to hold that functional group and hold that whole diversity. But if there's only one species of that functional role, that goes out and the system could collapse or change in a variety of ways. Um, so now they're, they're detecting it for now. They're using it for, for black tip sharks. Um, and they were, they were doing this uh, in this study. Uh, this was by Florida National University. So it was around the Florida area, and they were looking at black tip reef sharks uh, or black tip sharks uh, in Terracea Bay, a semi-enclosed bay in West Florida. Um, and so they were trying to figure this out and they actually were able to discover it. So it actually makes sense. And this is a very harmless way to sample sharks because normally when you sample sharks, you actually have to get the shark. You got to do a bunch of samples on this. This tells you whether they were present or not and almost how many different species of sharks that there were. The the one thing that you have to figure out is the marker. What's the DNA marker for those fish? And that's a big thing. But I want to kind of go beyond this article and talk about something that was part of when I worked for Fisheries and Oceans Canada, what they're starting to use it for is the presence or absence of um, Asian carp, invasive Asian carp in the Great Lakes. So what they do is every summer they go around and they do a bunch of fish community sampling, but really what they're trying to do is detect, they're trying to basically get and, and capture as many Asian carp as possible and get them out of the system. Cause we're worried that they can be very invasive. The Great Lakes areas there are a lot of places where they can reproduce it basically other than lake superior they can basically colonize the entire great lake so they've actually been using edna to find presence and or presence or absence of these fish and then what they'll do is they'll focus their efforts more on these rivers and tributaries to make sure that they catch and and have a better chance of of grabbing those fish so it's kind of interesting i think the time they can save you know oh i know they can do a like a two liter bottle soda bottle of of water and find out, yep. okay, they're here. Now we can focus our energy or they're not here. Let's go somewhere yeah. else. Boy, that's Absolutely. Pretty, pretty remarkable. And, and that's just new technology. Like it's fairly new. Like I said, probably in the last decade where it's really starting to be used. Right. In another, another 20 years or so. Oh yeah. They'll be able to do a small vial of water and know everything. Well, and, and, and think about this, like you, we talked about this earlier where we said if you do fish sampling, yeah, you can train volunteers to do fish sampling, but you need the electroshock or you need all the gear and stuff like this. If you want to do a great citizen science project, all you need to do is teach classes, teach people to just take a properly a sample, a two-liter bottle of water from their tributary and then send it in. And then if you know if the money's there to analyze it, you can analyze it. You have all of these samples that could be across the Great Lakes, that could be across the coast to find out what species are there and how many species are there. Imagine how fast 
we can find out what kind of fish communities there. Are you saying that that learning is good and data matters? <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is imagine this, even from a like a recreational fisheries perspective. What's the lake that you hate so much in your area? Is it Silver Lake? Yeah, it is. I love it. I'm on there every day. But I okay. Also so if you, but you guys it. all complain about it. I see it in the yeah. group. Everybody complains about yeah, it. I got you the and Rich and everybody's like. Yeah, suck it, Silver Lake is my right. hashtag. Right. Yeah. So imagine you take the two liter samples around that lake and you actually find out what fish species you're missing from there that you haven't caught yet. You know, that's something insane. that could be... It would, it would drive me bananas because right now, even with the technology I have, I can see the fish I can't catch. Right, like, right. I'm like, there's fish here all the time. They won't eat. But now it's going to kill me because now I'm going to have like, conclusive data that there are a ton of fish there that I just am not yeah. or not good enough to catch. So Was it you that posted today on Facebook? It was like your your depth sounder that showed like your yeah. fish finder that actually showed a bunch of fish down there that you couldn't yep. catch. That's exactly right. That's me <laughs> all the time. That, that lake, the, the, every other lake I fish is easy. That lake. And the, by the way, that's like, I make my money on. Right. That right. <laughs> haunts my nightmares. It's, it's my nightmare lake, but, I love but it's it. funny. I don't, I don't oversell it. I tell people how yeah. hard it is. And they're like, yeah, that's the challenge. Take my money. Yeah, that's like, the challenge. They're like, right. let me go on this. I'll bet you I'll catch something on yeah, this. Yeah, they won't. Now they you won't. can tell them all. So now you can do the eDNA and you can say, these are all the fish you didn't catch. Oh. This is all the fish that have been there and you didn't catch them. You missed them. That's how bad of a fish. I, I always say are. like, hey, yesterday the fishing was great and tomorrow's going to be great too. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Anyway, I thought that was, you know, like a lot of times when we do f- like fish stories, it's usually mm-hmm. about a story about conservation stuff. This is kind of like a, a new method that's around that has a lot of ap- applications. You can see, you know, you can have a lot of fun with yeah. it or you can find out a lot of information from it. So I love that. Kind but of it's story. also totally about conservation because the more information you have, the Absolutely. better conservationist you can be. Like yeah. not knowing stuff doesn't make you better at stuff. No, exactly. And when you choose not to know it, that's willful ignorance. And that is the worst kind of, of dumbness you can have. Like it's, it's okay agree. to be ignorant. We're all ignorant about stuff. But when you choose to not learn, well, yeah. then you're an asshat. Um, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a science word. I mean, that's a science. It's a, it's a straight up out of the, out of the books, out of the textbooks. Well, but a, I, I love this because it just makes, yeah, like I said, it gives you more information to make better decisions. So if you know a species there that may not have been there before because you can't sample, because maybe a lot of times, you know, fish will be, harder to catch with specific gear types. So if you're always using the same gear type, you may not catch a specific fish for right. it, right? Because they avoid those types of gears. So now yeah. with this, they can't avoid it and you're not catching, you're not harming any fish by doing that. No, but if, also if you can learn about like how many fish are in the lake or the, like if, if that sample can give you a ratio, you know, like 80% of biomass is this one kind of fish. Well, from that, you can extrapolate you know, that's that larger mass is the bait fish. That's where everyone's eating. Right. And then you can match, if you're fishing, you can match that bait source with your lure. Or absolutely, you might find out you've been fishing wrong for years because you're not matching. That's the right. They're wrong. Yeah. 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 So. That's right. Yeah. yeah so it's, okay. it's got a lot of applications. I, I like that. I like these kind of stories. That's why I, I love Manga Bay. They always cover these types of stories. All kinds of stuff. And it's great. And Eric's a good guy. So we're happy to absolutely. talk about his. his absolutely. Stuff. He's got a podcast too. 
I know. It's amazing. I always, I always hear them on the Lipson, the feed podcast, asking questions and stuff. I, so. I do too. That's a great way to support, like to like, uh, <laughs> it's a great way to like get your, your stuff out there. I, I, I used to call them all the time. So. Oh yeah. They're fantastic. I have, actually haven't done that. I need to do that more. It's good. I, well, I, you know, you're, you're hosting with Lipson, right? Uh, absolutely. All of my, all of my shows. <laughs> this is a little bit of how the sausage is made for your fish nerds listening. So Lipson is a posting, is a podcast hosting uh, service. That's where we run our yeah. podcast through and that gets it to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all the places. And they give us our data for how many listeners we have. And they have a podcast called The Feed, which is basically a really nerdy podcast about podcasting for those of us who want to keep track. And we can remember, oh, we have to get our podcast on Alexis or on Google Podcasts or whatever. Yep. They help us remember to add those destinations in. So that's, that's what Andrew's talking about. So Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably love those guys. They I'll give a lot of edit, information. <laughs> I'll probably edit this whole section. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about fish, I guess. We can't we'll have to talk about podcasts on a different different. Yeah, uh, it's just a matter of how long the podcast gets. <laughs> that's true. Well, yeah. you know me. When I'm on a podcast, it's gonna be it's gonna be a longer one. It's the all Andrew Lewin show. <laughs> <laughs> I just talk. I just can't I'm, help it. It's why I'm, I'm a Andrew podcast. Lewin. I do a ten minute podcast every two days. Let's talk for forty five <laughs> minutes to the fish nerds. <laughs> I just like recording. I can't help it. It's what I do. I do. I, I do too. All right. Well, that was Fish in the News. And you can find Andrew Lewin on the Speak Up for the Ocean Blue podcast. What's your website? Right. Uh, speakupforblue.com. Speakupforblue.com. And they can join up with you there and download your show if they want to learn about conservation. From a Canadian, you're the guy. Absolutely. I cover all over the world. I, I cover news stories all over the world. So not just Canadian. I do, I do a lot of Canadian stuff, but not just Canadian. I do a lot of American stuff too because most of my audience is American. That's true. Well, most podcast listeners still Most podcasts, yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Well, that was Fish in the News. Thank you. Fish in the News. Everybody loves their fish in the news. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate you coming on the show tonight. That was fun. And again, you can check out Speak Up for the Ocean Blue podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Now, let's jump in to the crappy hippies. Big time, true crime mystery story. The sporting fisher not only respects the resource, but has a big concern for how their activities affect the environment. At Glasswater Angling, we make lead-free fishing tackle to help fishers leave a smaller footprint on the natural world when they ply their craft. Not only do we offer outstanding original designs, like our double underspins, crappie doodler, and angle king, but we help anglers replace their existing lead tackle with products like our bismuth jig heads and hand-tied jester jigs. Whether you are exploring a far country wilderness or casting at the local lake, lead-free is the way to be, and Glasswater Angling is here to help. Glasswater Angling for a better outdoors. Makers of lead-free fishing tackle. Shop now at glasswaterangling.com. August 25, 2016, SMU officer found dead in the Trinity River. March 11, 2017, woman found in Trinity River with multiple gunshot wounds. October 17, 2019, authorities identify body found in Trinity River behind Fort Worth sex shop. January 17, 2020, truck pulled from Trinity River with two dead men inside. May 29, 2020, Body found in Trinity River near Legacy Park in Arlington. July 17th, 2020. 
Dallas police released sketch of band found floating in the Trinity River by three fishermen. The Trinity River originates at the Oklahoma border and runs south through Texas all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. It is home to sand bass, black bass, and crappie, as well as river monsters like 100-pound blue cat and alligator gar that push the 300-pound mark and are over 8 feet long. However, it is also a place of mystery and danger, a place where a relaxing Sunday evening fishing trip can suddenly become something else entirely. Floating in the Trinity River. You calling the police, bro? Call the police, bro. It's a body floating in the Trinity River. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's up, man? How nice, you to doing? You, man. nice to meet you, sir. Let's see. Let's see. Do you you, you want to go by CeeLo? You want to go by, by Corey? How do you want to do this? Hey, you can go. It's CeeLo the hooker. It's fine. CeeLo the hooker. CeeLo the hooker. All right. That's what everybody knows me, my son. Uh, okay, CeeLo great. Let's just say CeeLo. CeeLo is great. All right. Yeah. Okay. Tonight, I'm joined by CeeLo the hooker, and he has an incredible story to tell um down in texas there uh let's uh i'm just gonna let uh CeeLo get going on this story um okay well yeah it was a crazy day man i seen a lot of crazy stuff but today that day was just uh was just mind-blowing so okay so me and my buddies we was having a good time we was out fishing we was catching guards back to back you know we was just having the time of our life which is out there just laughing party you know how we you know just a regular good old fishing day with your buddies then out of nowhere, like my friend, he thought he seen you know, a, a dead horse floating, floating inside the water. And I, and I was looking at it, I'm like, man, I don't think that's a horse, bro. I said, I think that's a human, bro. And like, like as as the horse, well, as the horse got closer, as you know, as as the body got closer, um, we identified that it was a body. And like as as when once we figured out that it was a body, like everybody just went like into shock, like. Like for like a good ten seconds, like we like a good ten seconds, we was like, like what is going on? And then like I don't know what in my head just something just told me like told my boy uh, Big Rich Fish, that's his YouTube name. If y'all want to check him out, uh, Big Rich Fish, that's the dude that had throw the uh, pole out and hook the body. But let me get on to the story. So, well, we, we, I'm gonna come back. Fish. I'm gonna I don't want to interrupt you, CeeLo, but I'm gonna okay. come back to that because that was one hell of a cast. Um, yeah. Uh, but okay, so Big Rich Fish. You guys determined you had a human body floating down the Trinity River in front of you. Yes, and sir. You you were so uh, considerate, so heroic, uh, not wanting that that body to get lost. Um, and Big Rich made one heck of a throw. Yeah, he made one heck of a throw. Yeah. Okay. So let's take it from there. So Big Rich is keeping the body from floating away down the. Tell him, uh, I don't know, bro. Tell him I'm being I twenty. Tell him he's heading towards the bridge, bro. It's a, I got him. He got him, bro. Oh my God, bro. Oh my God, bro. Oh my God. Oh my God. Tell him it's the uh, it's it's on the east, it's the east fork. Tell him I twenty. Tell him I twenty. Just keep them like that, bro. I am. I'll go in there. 
keeping the body from floating away down the you said there were some rapids or a falls or something yeah it's like down the river it's, it's nothing but rapids like right there it was like the calm spot right before the rapids you know right so if that body would have went any more further they wouldn't have found that body well they wouldn't have found that body but yeah big rich fish man he was on point with that like he got he grabbed his pole you know in the midst of everything and like with all the adrenaline running, he still made the perfect cast and got him. And it was just like, it was just amazing. It was just amazing to me, man. I just felt so good because I knew that, I knew, I knew that family was going to get to have a funeral. So, well, that, that was just so amazing to me. It was, it was shocking. It was compelling. I, I commend you guys because I, I see so many people that don't want to get involved. It's been real easy to just turn your head and say, oh, too bad, you know, so sorry. Um, uh, we need more big-hearted people that aren't afraid to step up and take action. And um, the way you presented it on Instagram by um, pixelating the, the, the body and 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 uh, being considerate that way anyway um kudos and hats off to you and big rich and and uh everything like that um so follow up follow up i i, I got to where um you got hold of it and uh you were even talking about maybe waiting out to get it did you do that or not well when once once we had the body the body had got stuck to a tree so we couldn't really actually reel the uh, body all the way in. Right. So once once the body got close to the tree, I'm not gonna lie, I attempted to do it. Like just just because like I didn't want like I was afraid that his line was gonna bust because that was a big guy. He was a pretty big guy. Was and he? I think he only had like 90, 100 pound, 90 pound braid, like you know, and they, he was a pretty big guy. So I was just afraid that the line would snap before the uh, authorities got there or anything. So I, I was about I attempted to, but the water is just too deep and like it's gonna be two funerals like Yeah, you know? we don't want no no yeah, we don't yeah. want two bodies. No Yeah, we don't need two of them. So I just yeah. sat around, I waited on the authorities. When the authorities got there, it was a, it was the first Oh my god. I smell them, bro. It's so sad, bro. Oh my god. Down there, and then he said something, and I was like, Yeah, it does look like it, huh? That's the body, bro. You think I should go down there and get him, bro? Nah. If he comes closer this way to that stick right there, I think I'm gonna go get him, bro. He deserves a funeral, bro. Oh my god, bro. Oh my god. You called the police? They on their way, bro? All right, y'all. I'm going to put the phone down. Okay, the other voice you hear in the background is CeeLo's friend Juan. His social media handle is Creek Creeps, and he was on the phone with the authorities getting them to the scene. When the authorities got there, it was, it was the first responder was a lady. And, uh, oh, little Lord, it was horrible. She was just falling all down the cliffs. But, you know, we be in secluded spots. So, you know, like deep inside the woods. So it's like you got to go through obstacles to get to my spots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it was crazy. So we uh, we waited around. The first responder was a lady. She got there. uh, She just told us to wait it out for the game warrants. And 
just that wasn't like that like just thank God that 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 line was so strong. Like it just kept it just kept the body right there, man. Because if that body would have floated down anymore, like it was just it was over. Like yeah. Nope. Um. So did 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 they? Um. How did they secure the body? How did they they get so, it? Out? Well, how they how they got it out? Well, so they called the game warrants, the local game warrants. The game warrants had uh, came on a Ralph boat, and then like we had they had helicopters. It was helicopters out there. It was like. After that one lady came, like, I, I promise you, like, 20 or 30 other police officers came right behind her, probably, like, five minutes behind her. But they pulled up, the game warrants pulled up on a, uh, they're on a little Ralph boat. It wasn't, it wasn't a big boat. It was just a small boat. So when they pulled up, they cut the line, and they uh, they kind of had, like, a little stick, and they pulled, they pushed the body up closer to the water. And uh, me and Big Ridge Fish, Big Ridge Fish, me and my guy, um, we we, we kind of we grabbed the body and pulled it up on the bank for him. The police officers was too scared to come down there because it was, the mud was too deep. And, you know, we was already muddy, and I know exactly, like, the spots where to step on. So it was better to help them than have them fall deep, like, deep inside the mud. So Wow. Oh, my goodness. So you guys really, really stepped up, um, you know, in a time where a lot of people are thinking only of themselves and, and um, you know, not taking care of their fellow man. I, I – I uh, just had to get hold of you for the show because I, I, I think that when people step up and, and do things out of, out of kindness and, and uh, fulfill their social contract, fulfill their social responsibility, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, this is a tragedy. So sad, man. So sad. I did a little bit of research, and I don't, I don't know whether you're going to know, you know, have they followed up? Was it, was it an accident or a crime involvement, or do you know? Well, when the game warrants arrived, they told me that he was with a buddy and they got the buddy under investigation for homicide. Either he pushed them in there or the guy just jumped in there. But they told me it was highly doubted that the guy had jumped in there. They say they really think the other guy pushed him in there. And the current Trinity River is so dangerous, man. It's so deep and dangerous and it's always moving. It has whirlpools in it. So even if you could swim, the strongest swimmer couldn't even swim in there. It would just suck you under. Oh, really? My my river fishing experience is very limited, but I do know enough about it to know that you've got to take extreme care. Even a river that just seems like it's barely flowing, uh, there can be quicksand, there can be this, there can be that. Yes. You've got to show a lot of respect, but I, I've they're so complex. There, there are so many different kinds of rivers, and Trinity River, fascinating, fascinating stuff. And uh, tell the listeners, why, why are you down on the Trinity River, my friend? Hey man, uh, that's not this is not my smoking fish shirt, but I'm I'm smoking fish CEO man. I got a team, we got a YouTube channel, we got a show to go. So you know we be out there trying to catch some monsters from the fans, man. You know just trying to make the fans happy and keep everything and teach everybody the the beauty of the fish. Like exactly, like I be, I be trying to get people to release the fish. You know, like the big fish that they catch, I try to get them to release it. You know, just to keep the monster population great. You know, absolutely, you absolutely. I, I, I know I've watched some of your videos and I and I think you you do a great job of handling fish, uh, releasing fish. Uh you show enormous respect for the resource. Now we're uh talking about now up here in Kansas, we got got the long nose and the short nose, but you're after the, the king daddy of them all. Tell tell the listeners what, what you fish for. Man, you I know. fish for alligator guards. Alligator guards. really all river monsters that lurk in the Trinity River and any river near me, but mostly alligator guards. Oh my goodness! Um, yes, those well, alligators—they can grow up to eight feet long. 
pounds. Yeah, and they are uh, an ancient fish. Uh, they're uh, you get one eight feet. That fish is pro- could be like a hundred years old or even more. Yeah, over one hundred and fifty. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Really? Uh, yeah. They they get pretty old when they when they're that big. I think it takes them four. They grow like four or five inches a year. Okay, so we're gonna get back to that. I I, I need to talk to you some more because gar fishing is is getting big. The Trinity River flows for 710 miles across the state of Texas. People fish in it, people recreate in it, swim in it, go tubing in it, raft in it. But other areas of the Trinity River are deep, dark, and dangerous. Quicksand, whirlpools, rapids, undercut banks. It's a place where one can be lost and never found again. They say the appeal of fishing is that when you set that hook, you don't know really what's on the other end of the line, especially if you happen to be fishing in the Trinity River. All right, all right, announcer guy, that that was great. Uh, that was a great. Uh, oh, first, let's change this music. Change the music. Change the music. I've had enough. Hey, y'all, this is Crappie Hippie. I hope you enjoyed that story, but uh, I'm pretty downed out right now, so we're gonna go on and talk about something else. I'm gonna have CeeLo back. He is a gar fisher. Uh, I've been wanting to learn about gar fishing. I know it comes up on the Fish Nerd Facebook group from time to time. So we're going to have this fine gentleman back because he is a dedicated gar fisher. He fishes for the granddaddy alligator gar. He loves the environment. He works to protect the resource. He's as fine an example as a fisher as you can get. And from the looks of his videos, he really, really knows what he's doing. So I hope you all enjoyed this true crime installment that we did here tonight. But uh, next time we see CeeLo, we're going to be talking some fishing. This has been Crappie Hippie, your tree-hugging redneck from eastern Kansas, saying tight lines and valentines. Be careful out there. Peace out. So that's it. You've listened to a whole bunch of fish nerds when you should have been fishing. Big, fat, huge thanks to the crappy hippie for his story, on his true crime story. You can go to crappyhippie.com for more information there. Big, giant thanks to Andrew Lewin from the Speak Up for the Ocean Blue podcast. Get your podcast anywhere you want. <laughs> and thanks to Wally Pleasant and Diana's Bath Salts for our music on this week's show. And until next time, follow the code of the fish nerds, spawn early and off, and never trust a free lunch with strings attached, and swim against the current every chance you get. Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds, fish nerds. a podcast just for the halibut fry it in a basket or broiled in a pan eat it raw like you're in siam fish nerds fish nerds fish nerds it's a podcast